Hey Mama, today we have an amazing mama sharing her two birth stories with us. Christine is a mama of two and in today's Built to Birth podcast, she shares her experience giving birth at a birthing center and how she approached her second birth after a semi-traumatic birth experience the first time. Her story is so encouraging and positive and provides so much insight into how powerful words of affirmation are during the labor process, trusting the body to give birth to the baby it created, and how partners can play an active role in the birthing process. Whether you're giving birth at home, at a birth center, or in a hospital, Christine's birth story is going to give you so much empowering information and a positive look into two powerful birth experiences. Mama, education is a powerful tool in learning to trust in the reality that your body is built to birth. My online built to birth childbirth prep class is available now for you to begin your journey to a happier, healthier, and easier birth. So if you're wanting those things, make sure you check out the link in the show notes to builttobirth.com. And if you are loving Christine's birth story, make sure you subscribe to the Built to Birth podcast, rate it, and then write a review so more mamas like you can hear empowering birth stories. So let's jump in to Christine's birth story. Hi! Hi! I know, it's good to meet you too. How are you? Good. Just enjoying the newborn. I know that newborn stage is so much fun. It comes along with so many ups and downs, but so many cuddles that make it all worth it. <laughs> yes. Do you? I forget. You do have one child. How much do you have more? No. So I have one daughter, and she's almost two. So those oh, newborn days oh, are like a a faint memory. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome! I have a three year old, and then now our um, little one for this birth. She's uh, three weeks and like a couple of days now. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> yeah. you have got your hands full. It's, I mean, it's awesome. Second child is definitely yeah. easier. Hmm. Yeah. So it's been why fun. Don't you t- why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about what you think makes it easier? Well, I think I'm less nervous mm-hmm. um, and I'm not doubting myself in terms of, oh my gosh, like what is this, you know, goop coming out of her eye? You know, it'll go yeah. away. And yeah. um, I just know how to breastfeed better. Um, yeah, just less nervous overall. And we yeah. don't pick her up every single time she makes a whimper. Um, yeah. You know, we just let her kind of play, figure it out. And um, it helps that I actually have a three-year-old to entertain as well. So <laughs> That's <laughs> you know, true. You just don't have, you're not as available, but I yeah. think that second children are a little bit stronger. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I That makes so much sense. And I feel like I see that a lot for second time moms or third time moms. It just becomes so much more comfortable each time because the first time around, you're like so nervous. Like, you know, why are they crying? Am I doing something wrong? Like, how do I figure out this breastfeeding thing? And so it's such, I can imagine that it's so like such a relief to be like, okay, I can trust myself. I've kept my three-year-old alive for this long. (laughs) So I think I can keep this newborn who doesn't move around at all yet (laughs) alive too. (laughs) Exactly. I know it always like blows my mind when I'm with moms of newborns. I'm like, wow, you can just leave them on the couch and they (laughs) stay there. They're not going to roll around. They're not going to fall off. They're not going to try to tear anything off the walls. (laughs) So... Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much. I know having a three-year-old, having a newborn, it is a lot, even though it is 
easier having a newborn this time around. So thank you so much, Christina, for taking the time to share your experiences with us. I'm so excited to hear about them. But before we get started, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Christina Park. I'm happily married to my husband, Sean. And like I said, I have a three-year-old boy named Winston, and I just gave birth to my daughter, baby girl, on June 26th. Um, mm. uh, yeah, exactly on her due date, actually. Wow. So, um, yeah, and listening to your podcast actually really helped me surround myself with positive birth stories, as well as, mm. you know, things that go, um, you know, unexpectedly. And so mm. it really helped me empower myself um, to believe in the birth that I wanted to have. And yeah, so glad to share and really hope that it encourages people that are um, having impending births right now, um, mm. just the same way that, you know, other women on your podcast empowered me. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you so much. And I'm excited to hear how powerful the stories that you heard impacted your uh, birthing experience, because I think you're so right for every woman filling your your mind with those positive birth stories is so mm-hmm. impactful. And so I know your story is going to be so impactful for all the mamas who are going to be listening to it. So again, thank you so much for taking this time and let's just hop in. And um, why don't you share with us a little bit about your first birth experience, um, if you don't mind, and kind sure. of share with us just briefly what that experience was like. So my first birth was um, uh, also a home birth, uh, uh, not home birth, um, uh, birthing center birth. Um, okay. I learned about, you know, doulas and midwives through um, my chiropractor, actually. He mm. told me that, you know, all three of his kids were born through home birth. So I started doing some research and I realized, oh, that's the way I want to go. And um, so but my first birth experience, even though we took classes, you know, to prepare for it, um, and studied a lot, read all the books. It was quite mm-hmm. exhausting. How I remembered it um, and how I shared it to other people was I did it naturally. Yes, no medication, but it was very exhausting because I, w- I had a prodromal labor for 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point already, I was 40, 41 weeks and one day. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was very exhausted from waiting. And even the two days of inactive labor on and off was mm-hmm. very exhausting. And by the time I got to the birthing center, when um, I had actually had active labor, um, I, I mean, I was just out of, <laughs> you know, out of energy. So mm-hmm. I was in hot bath and, you know, in all fours and, you know, using different techniques to alleviate pain. But um, I think it, it also affected it being the first time, too, that mm-hmm. I just didn't know what to expect, even though I, yeah. all, I knew it from the books. I'd never gone through it, you know, in real life. And one thing that I remember from the first birth was, oh my gosh, the, the transition period was so hard. Mm. I think back to it and I almost had like this mental, um, I felt like I was in this like psychological, emotional corner where it was so mm. dark and I just could not help myself and there was nobody to help me except for myself. I mean, it was just like a mm. really dark place. And so um, I had some postpartum like I say like, you know, semi-trauma from that as well, Um, even though it was unmedicated birth, just because birthing itself was very um, difficult. Yeah. um, That transition, I do not want to think back to it. Right. And Mm. even with the second birth, that's something that I kind of fear too. 
But uh, one thing that I walked away from my first birthday at least was um, because they helped, they um, guided me to touch my baby's head when I was pushing. Mm. Um, that part was pretty exciting, you know, knowing that I could help this baby come out. Mm. So at the end of it all, I knew that I helped my baby, you know, be brought out into the world. But mm. at the same time, the transition and the days leading up to it was, I remember, very exhausting and um, ment- mentally, like, dark. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that's interesting hearing that experience because I think a lot of times we automatically believe that if a woman had a natural unmedicated birth, especially at a birth center out of a hospital, it's automatically a positive, really empowering experience. And that's not always the case. And it really mm-hmm. depends on the woman's experience and, and how she views it to determine whether or not it was a positive or a somewhat negative or even traumatic experience. And Mm -hmm. I just think it's good to hear that, that just because you have a natural birth or an unmedicated birth does not necessarily mean that it's going to be a positive one. Um, But there is so much too, even in that, that we can look at and see, okay, but what was positive? Because even in my own birth experience where I gave birth in a hospital and, um, no interventions but one thing that sticks out to me that i even that i even like makes me cringe is when i was like pushing out my daughter i felt that my ob my the doctor who was delivering her turn her body and kind of yank her out of my oh. birth canal instead of mm-hmm. just letting her turn and then come out on her own and mm-hmm. so as i was processing that and even 2 years later i'm like that kind of left a little bit of trauma to me, even Mm. though my birth experience was super, super positive. But I think as women, it's important to recognize that there can be elements of, you know, negative experiences, a part of a birth experience and really positive ones and working through each of those emotions as far as like the events in our birth experience. And so Mm -hmm. just thanks again for sharing that. And um, I think it's really you know, good for women to hear that, you know, what makes it empowering is kind of how you interact with your birth. It's not one outcome, but it's how you interact with that experience. So Mm -hmm. thanks again for sharing a little bit about your first birth experience. So then once you got pregnant with your second, what was kind of your view of birth going into your second birth? Well, um, I knew that I didn't um, want to go to the to OB or hospital from the get-go unless I had Mm. um, complications. So Mm. I actually moved from uh, Orange County, like Southern California area to the Bay Area, um, you know, while my son, uh, when he was like a month old. So so now I had to look for a birthing center up here and I was able to find one. Um, But so I knew with my second pregnancy, I wanted to go to a birthing center from the beginning. Um, Mm. Just because I love how the midwives are so caring, you know, the prenatal Mm. care. I don't feel rushed because with my first um, pregnancy, I only transferred to the birthing center care, like in my third trimester. Um, But yeah, and I love the difference, how the doctors Mm. kind of rush you, you're on a time. And um, as opposed to that, the midwives, they listen to you, you know, they take Mm. the time to, it's almost like a therapy session. It was for me, you know, every time I went. So they actually care woman to woman, you know, how you're doing Mm. and all that. Um, So I chose the birthing center to go give birth there. Um, But I knew I was kind of mentally preparing myself for that transition time again. You know, Mm. I know that it's going to be difficult. I I don't know. Like, yeah, because my first one was so exhausting. 
I was just yeah. kind of bracing myself. I know any birth mm. is difficult. You know, I um, want to have, uh, you know, the best chance possible to avoid any surgeries or mm. you know, being pushed around by the doctors. So I knew birthing center was right, but still there was that fear because that, mm. that one moment in my birth, in my first birth was so difficult for me. So mm. I went in thinking, oh my gosh, like, what if, what if, you know, like, what mm. if it's longer? What if it's this and that? And then I started looking into, um, you know, podcast, <laughs> like, or, you know, <laughs> okay, I, I need to hear some recent people, you know, like stories from recent women who have given, um, given birth. So, and especially during the COVID, um, mm. it was kind of hard because I had to do Zoom meetings with my midwives and I didn't feel as connected um, as I did with my um, first birth midwives. So, mm. um, yeah, like went in knowing that natural um, was the way to go knew that I wanted to be taken care of by, mid, by the midwives, but still had that fear. Yeah. Hmm. Was there something that you did during your pregnancy that kind of helped start alleviate some of those fears regarding transition? Uh, well, I, I never really quite overcame the, um, the fear of transition. I just kind of expected it. Hmm. Um, but it was kind of weird because the second birth was definitely different. Um, hmm. But... Yeah, like going into the birth, I thought, okay, that's something that I have to do. I'm just going to have mm -hmm. to deal with it. And I look for ways to um, encourage myself. Like, for example, I told the midwives, um, don't say anything negative. <laughs> mm, <laughs> no matter yeah. how I'm doing, you know, like just tell me that I'm doing a great job. Um, you could even be very um, exaggerating. You know, like, yeah. you're a rock star, you know, yeah. um, you're doing great. Like, even though you feel cheesy doing it, just do it because anything <laughs> yeah. negative is going to bring me down. And I told the same yeah. thing to my husband. And um, yeah, and another thing was uh, one of the group that I was part of from, from that birthing center um, people, they said, oh, you know, like birth affirmations is a thing that you can, you know, write down and, you know, put it on an index card and, you know, um, read it while you're going through labor. And I didn't mm -hmm. know such a thing existed, even though I did a lot of research the first time. Um, and I came upon your um, audio recordings as well. And mm -hmm. so those helped me a lot, too. And um, really, like reading those things while I was in my labor, it helped a lot, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it just shows how powerful words are during yeah. labor. And so I think in that regard, it's super important that you carefully choose who's going to be a part of your birth team and being a part of a birth center or even a home birth. You do work really closely beforehand with the people who are going to be involved in your birth mm -hmm. experience. And you can have that kind of relationship beforehand where you say, hey, just encourage me like crazy like don't yeah. say anything negative you know whereas in a hospital setting you don't know the nurses who are going to be there you, you don't necessarily know which doctor is going to help you be delivering um and so I think like you said that is one of the upsides of being able to deliver in a birth center or a home birth but in the same regard since most women do give birth in a hospital setting having those affirmations with you, having your chosen birth team, you know, your your birth partner, whatever family members you can have. And I know, like you said, during COVID, it's hard because most of the time yeah. you can really only have your partner. Um, but being able to see those affirmations is so powerful and helping guide your body 
using your mind in the direction that you want it to go. And so I'm so glad that those helped you so much. And I can't wait to hear more about your labor experience and how those kind of those affirmations kind of played into your birthing experience. So why don't we hop into your birth story of your second child? Oh, wow. Um, well, number one, I um, was waiting around because I delivered my the labor for my first child didn't begin until 41 weeks in one day. So <laughs> I knew that, you know, my body was, you know, that was definitely a possibility. So mm-hmm. what I did um, beforehand to kind of help myself, you know, um, progress into labor smoothly was I actually did chiropractic care um, mm-hmm. as well as did acupuncture, you know, by like week 39 or so. I started doing all these things that would kind of help prepare my body, um, you know, go into labor. And yeah. then um, I asked my midwife to sweep my membranes at um, week 40. Um, mm-hmm. because that's what I did at week 41 and then the labor started you know the day after so okay. I felt ready so I told them okay mm-hmm. at 40 weeks you guys can sweep my membranes and then um, kind of did a lot of things ahead of time before it became 41 weeks right mm-hmm. um, so I drank a lot of raspberry leaf tea and ha- had a lot of baits um, and I mean, have sex, you know, things like that to kind of help it, you know, help make my cervix ripen and all that. Yeah. And so everything was, you know, done and I felt very peaceful and relaxed one day. And um, that was the day before the baby's due date. I said, oh, it'd be cool if she came on her due date. And then (laughs) my midwife told me that, oh, usually um, because I was worried about traffic and stuff. And they mm. said, oh, you, usually women go into labor right after their first toddler goes to sleep. So that's when it usually happens. So, you know, as soon as you relax, huh. it'll happen. So don't worry about, you know, fighting traffic or, you know, who's going to put down uh, wisdom down to nap, you know, while you're in labor. Yeah. Don't think about that. So I said, okay, that's interesting. So I said, <laughs> um, that day I felt, you know, particularly relaxed. I said, hmm, maybe I will go into labor today. That, that won't be bad. Maybe tomorrow I can be at home with the newborn. And then, you know, we put down our son for sleep. You know, he goes down around like nine o'clock and nothing happened. And I had a pretty peaceful sleep until Mm. like 3 a.m. And then at 3 a.m., I started feeling very miter cramps in Mm. my um, lower abdomen. And I felt like, oh, is this a contraction? Because this is totally different from what I had with my first birth. Because Mm. my first birth, I just had um, a lot of back pain. So later I found out that I had back labor Mm -hmm. Um, and, but this one was just really mild cramps, just, you know, at the center of my, you know, lower abdomen. And I felt like, oh, this is kind of doable. Maybe this is just the beginning of another 48 hours of prodromal labor because that was what, what I did the first time. Yeah. So I just told my husband, you know, um, after an hour or so of those contractions, um, I think I'm having waves. So another thing too, I call them waves instead of, contractions because waves you know begin and end whereas yeah. contractions feel like you know yeah. I don't know it, you're just it like squeezing it yeah, feels yeah. tight it sounds yeah, painful yeah. yes I love so. that wave that's great <laughs> um so I I told him I think I'm having a wave right now and so he got his contraction timer and started recording them and they came pretty close apart they were four to five minutes apart um and and they weren't lasting quite a minute very short like you know, 25 seconds, 30 seconds. 
And then um, one thing that my husband did very well was he remembered all the notes from, you know, the prenatal classes and the advices from the midwives. And he said, oh, okay, you need to rest. Why don't you just try to get some sleep because you don't know how long you have to, you know, do this. So I said, okay, I'll I'll sleep. And then I was trying to sleep, you know, but the waves were coming every three to four minutes. I said, Mm. oh, there's another one. And then I fell asleep again. Oh, there's another one. And then I fell asleep again. And then he said, um, I think it might be a good idea for you to um, take Benadryl and some wine because that was um, one of the tips that somebody gave us, you know, <laughs> to get as much sleep as possible. I mean, people get epidural. So, I mean, Benadryl and wine is, isn't that bad. <laughs> so, that's fine. Yeah. So he like suggested, why don't you do that so that you can just kind of doze off, you know, more, um, you know, deeply in between contractions. Mm-hmm. So I did that. But even at that point, I was kind of in disbelief that I was actually in labor. Yeah, you know, I was in denial, like most women are. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Are you sure? I, we should use that trick right now. Like right now, is the time. I'm not sure. And what if I do this? You know, for until next week or something." And yeah. then um, he's like, "No, just trust me. You know, I think you need some sleep. You know, mm. in case it happens." So I did that. So literally, I really have some good sleep from three a.m. Mm. till maybe like seven thirty, mm. just dozing in and out of contraction. And believe it or not, I was like awake every three to four minutes telling my husband, okay, there's another one. Okay, it's gone. Okay, there's another one. Okay, it's gone. And I was (laughs) sleeping. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, that is. (laughs) And so um, we did that. And then by the time, you know, I woke up at eight or like 730 or so, um, I took a bath because I felt like taking a bath. And then... um, in the bath, like when I had my legs up like this, you know, like my knees up, I felt like yeah. pushing sensation. So I was like, okay, I really don't want to deliver a child at home without my midwife. So I told yeah. him to text my the hotline. So he texted them and then um, they wanted to talk to me and they said, oh yeah, I think it sounds good. You should come in. Um, and then we went and even in the car, because it was not a back labor, it was mm. pretty smooth. Like it, mm. of course it was painful. But, you know, I was able to relax my body to kind of let it, you know, uh, let my body ride through it. And yeah. um, one thing that really helped me, uh, you know, kind of like a chant thing to myself was I can do anything for a minute. And mm. at that point, it wasn't even a minute. But I said, I can do anything for a minute. Yeah, this will come and pass. And this is this is going to come and go. So mm-hmm. that helped me um, go through those labors. Got to the birthing center um, and we checked in. And it almost felt kind of like, huh, I'm not really doing anything. Like, am I really giving birth? And then, um, <laughs> you know, they checked my uh, cervix. And because I told them ahead of time not to tell me how many centimeters I'm dilated, because I know so well from my other, like, Bradley Method teacher that, um, and from your podcast too, dilation doesn't mean, you know, uh, mm-hmm. it's, not a, it's not the only um, indicator of how much you're progressing. Yeah. So I told them, like, I don't want to know. You guys just, you know, tell me that I'm making good progress. So they checked it. And then um, I was lying down on my side, just riding through them. I was talking to my husband and then took a shower. And by that time, I think it was like around 10 or 1030. And contractions started getting a little bit more um, stronger. So the uh, midwives actually suggested, hey, why don't you, um, do you want to try the birthing swing? Um, it, it was, it's like a swing or sling. So mm. 
I said, okay, yeah, sure. So they um, hooked it up to the ceiling and then I was holding on to it. And that was something that I really enjoyed. I, huh. I can't believe I'm actually using the word enjoyed, you know, huh. talking about one of the waves, um, some of the waves that were coming, but really just holding on to it. Like I was trying different positions on it. And then my husband was on the other side, just holding on to my feet, uh, stepping onto mm. my toes you know, to make mm. sure that I don't slide. I mean, we were figuring things out um, wave by wave and I was yeah. able to find a position where it almost felt like it, the waves didn't come. I was able to say, wow. be in that position and ease the pain. And mm. I was like, wait, did it come and go? Cause I didn't feel anything. It wow. almost felt like that. Yeah, because you're managing them so well. Yeah, so yeah, I was like, oh, wow. why didn't I do this during my first birth? But mm. I think with the second one, I was more open to the suggestions that the midwives mm. were giving me because I knew they knew better ways. Like, I've never mm. practiced on a building scene before. I didn't, I mean, I've seen it at the center when I visited. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I was just really listening to my body, you know, just kind of focusing you know, what felt good, you know, what didn't work. I mean, of course, and there were positions that I tried that didn't, you know, alleviate any pain. So I said, okay, not that one. And yeah. then try something different the second second time around. And so um, did maybe like five, five to maybe five to 10 um, waves that way on the sling, which was awesome. And then my mm. hands started getting tired because I was like hanging onto it. So my wrists yeah. and hands were getting a little bit stiff. I said, okay, why don't I um, jump in the bath? So I went into the bath and it was warm water. And um, and then that's when my husband uh, set out all those birthing affirmations mm. that we had printed out and put it on an index card. And um, <laughs> the funniest thing, like, I know there are some uh, stock birthing affirmations, like, oh, you know, there are thousands of other women doing this with me, you know, in the mm -hmm. world right now, I'm not alone. And another one was, I can do anything for 60 seconds. And then um, as I was writing them out, I got creative and um, I said, you know, I'm going to write down things that will encourage me personally. So yeah. I wrote down, um, Winston is excited to see his baby sister. Mm. And um, he's waiting at home to meet his baby sister. I can do this for him, you know, mm. because I love him so much. Um, yeah. Another one was like, oh, I can help this baby come out. You know, she needs me. And um, one of the funny ones that my husband laughed at was we got this um, baby machine, like a rocking bassinet called Snoo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a big investment, but, you know, I yeah. really wanted a sleeping baby, so we got it. Yeah. So I was, like, researching on it. And then one of the birthing affirmations said, oh, I can't wait to go home and try out the Snoo finally with this baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And I think, I mean... But that's what you need to do. You need to individualize for you because if it's, you know, it's it's not like, oh, do what works for someone else. It's do yeah. what works for you. So <laughs> it, oh it worked. Like, whatever works. So yeah. um, as I was looking at those things and, you know, it kind of made me laugh in between waves too. And so yeah. um, in the bathtub, he switched them out every like, you know, two or three waves and I was able to mm. weave them. And that really helped me. Um, just wow. to fill, fill my mind with those positive ideas and motivations to help me yeah. um, bring the baby closer. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, wow, what a great way for partners to feel like they're involved in the birth yes. process. You know, mm -hmm. so, so many times partners are like, I don't know what to do. I want to help, but I don't know how. 
And so what an easy and effective way to be a really huge encouragement and part of the birthing experience is just switching out those cards, reading them with you, you know, making sure that you're constantly being encouraged. And so that's a great idea for partners to be ready with those birth affirmations and be showing those to mama all throughout labor. I love that. I agree. Yeah, it, it was yeah. really powerful. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was in the bathtub and then um, I was able to be in uh, weightless. I don't know what that's called. Mm. So I was being weightless, you know, I was just yeah. kind of floating. And so that helped. And then um, I came to a point where I felt like there was a wave and then still there was like a small wave just like all throughout. So I was mm. like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? And I didn't think that I was in transition yet because my uh, memory of transition was a lot stronger than this. And I was mm. more exhausted. So mm. I was like, huh, I guess they're just getting stronger. So, but then in my mind, like, um, I was thinking, oh my gosh, like, this is kind of hard. Like, I can't do this anymore. And mm. even though, like, in my brain, I knew, oh, that is a symptom of a woman who's going through a, a transition. Yeah. Like, I felt like my body was not really going through it. So mm. I expressed myself to the midwife saying like, guys, how, like, what time is it? You know, how much longer do I have to do this? You know, how, mm. mo- how much longer of this? So in retrospect, I was showing the sign of a woman who was going through a transition. But at that yeah, time, I was exactly. like, oh, this can't be it because this is yeah. like way more um, manageable than it was mm. the first time. And um, they said, um, yeah, you're doing great. So I told them like, no, no, no. I, I think you guys need to check me. Like I, I want to mm. be checked. So they checked me and they said, okay, you're doing great. Again, I, you know, I told them not to tell me the centimeters. So they said, you're doing great. And you know, you're making progress. I said, am I ready to push it? And they said, no, not quite yet. But you know, you're, you're making progress. So I said, okay, I know that I'm not quite there yet, but I still have some more time to go. And then came some of the waves that were just... I mean, mm. they were strong. They were very mm. strong. And I have to be kind of in my all fours, you know, floating. And I was just weightless. And I felt like there was an intense pressure coming down my um, cervix. Mm. And I was screaming really loudly because it was really painful. You know, I did so mm. well up till that point doing low moans. And at mm. this point, I was like, oh, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh I'm, I'm dying. I can't do this anymore. And then um, they said, okay, well, you need to, like, do it low. And then I realized um, one of the things I read from like Ina May's um, book was mm-hmm. uh, you want to do low to bring the baby down. You don't want to waste each of yeah. the waves. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, if I'm going to be smart, I need to make sure that I, you know, use this wave to bring the baby down rather than yeah. wasting it on complaining. Yeah, be, use it productively. Yeah. And another mm-hmm. thing that you mentioned in one of your videos was every wave and every contraction has a purpose so mm. you know go with that purpose you know bringing the baby mm. down so um I was desperate <laughs> mm. so I asked one of the midwives I was holding her hand from the tub I was saying like oh that's please like you need to tell me like what do I need to do like what I was so helpless so obviously yeah. I was going through a transition yeah and so um she said okay not loud noises like not really high but you need to bring it down like really low deep and I said mm. okay okay and I remember asking her, like, please teach me. Like, I don't know. Please teach me. She's like, you're doing great. Do this. And so I was squeezing her hand so tight. I remember, I, I don't know if I broke her bone or something. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh, I need to. 
So I was just holding on for dear life um, and doing low moans intentionally. I remember that I was able to consciously mm. do that, even through the pain. Mm. And so, um, but then they, they checked my cervix and they said, oh, you're making good progress. They didn't say anything like, oh, you're going to push soon. Yeah. And so I said, okay, well, I'm just going to go through this. And then um, I remember telling them like, oh my gosh, it's burning, guys, it's burning. You know, like, mm. I, I, like I don't know, am I pushing? Like, I'm, it's burning down there. And I felt like, <laughs> my um you know uh the, where where poop comes out you know my rectum was gonna like burst that's how I literally yeah. like, I was like oh my god it's gonna burst open so oh, no. um I was just going like low moans hmm. and then um all of us I mean this is within like I don't know maybe like 10 minutes from them checking the cervix and hmm. then um I heard them asking my husband, so who did you guys decide who's going to catch the baby? Like, is it you or is it okay if we catch mm-hmm. the baby? And I was like, okay, I'm hearing something that yeah, I'm not hearing. <laughs> like, because you know, this is supposed to be, because my husband was saying at that point when I was going through that transition portion, he felt like, you know, compared to our first birth, you know, we came halfway and then we still got another halfway to go. That's what mm-hmm. he was thinking. Yeah. And wow. me too. I was like, oh, they said that the cervix was not dilated quite yet, ready for me to push. So I'm just going to have to do it. That's okay. I can do it. Yeah. But then I felt the burning sensation and I did one of those, one of those um, waves. I didn't know I was pushing. And hmm. I said, mm, like that. And then they said the head came out. And I was like, what? Like, no way. <laughs> And I know from birthing videos, once the head comes out, and from my experience too, the body is easy. You know, it just kind of yeah. sticks out. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you mean I'm done? Like, you guys mean I'm done? And then yeah. they're like, yeah, yeah, the head came out. Like, you can touch it. And I felt the head, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm done. So, oh, my goodness. And then the body came out, and one of the really cool thing was – at the, at the time, I didn't really realize how special it was or how different, mm. different it was. But the main midwife was t- telling me, telling us that, yeah, she came out in her amniotic sac. And I said, what? Like, what does that even mean? I've seen videos of it on Instagram. But yeah. I didn't know that I was going to be one of the lucky people that actually give you know, birth to a baby in a sac. But, yeah. um, so I did. And then I was able to hold the baby up after she was born. And, of course, that's you know, kind of the beginning of my love story with my daughter. I was like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's incredible, man. So a similar but very different still experience from your first, your first birth. Mm -hmm. Um, What was something that, you know, from this experience you learned about yourself? Oh gosh. Um, One of the best things that I did for myself during this time was I was listening to my body instead of letting Mm. my head and whatever I Mm. learned do the work. Wow. Um, I think I trusted myself better because I kept on telling myself um, through throughout the waves. I know it's kind of cheesy, but whatever helps. Right. I was telling myself, I can do this. Even though I felt like I couldn't, I can do this. And I actually have done it already. That, mm. that was a huge encouragement to myself as I was saying it out loud to myself throughout the way. Yeah. yeah and um, this, those positive thoughts, you know, mm. really helped me. And there was one point in the birth way earlier when I first got there, I just felt like as I was lying down going through waves, 
if somebody squeezed my hand really hard, like that would help me. I like the weirdest thing, right? Yeah. But yeah, and, you know, if if my husband squeezed my toes really tight, it would help me. Mm-hmm. And I asked him to do it, and it actually helped. And yeah, I've never read that somewhere, but I just felt like that's what my body wanted, so we yeah. tried it and, it, and it worked. So listening yeah. to the body really, yeah. Mm. And that's so powerful because I think a lot of times. We do feel like because birth is kind of removed from our everyday life, we don't have home births anymore that we attend for our sisters or our aunts or our community members like it was in the past. Now we feel like we have to fill up our mind so much with information in order to prepare for this very normal and physiological experience. And education is so, so, so important because it helps us believe that, okay, I was meant to do this. I My body is built to give birth to my baby. But sometimes you're right that, that our mind can sometimes distract us from trusting our bodies, you know, and trying to be like, well, it should be this way. It should be this way. You know, labor should last this long during the active stage Mm -hmm. instead of just trusting and listening to your body. And I can tell as you were telling this story, you talked so much about your body and how you were feeling and how people were like making you feel comfortable, what you were doing to make yourself feel comfortable. So I can tell from the way you shared your story that you were listening to your body so much throughout your labor experience. Like that really reflects in your story. And I think that's so powerful for mamas to hear is at the end of the day, you can know everything, but if you still don't trust your body to be able to do what it is built to do, then it's going to be a challenging experience, you know? And so I think that's just a really powerful thing that you brought up. And again, thank you so much for sharing this experience, I I loved listening. So now you have a little boy and a little girl. That's so sweet. <laughs> and how's your postpartum experience been these last three weeks? Oh, it's been um, just relaxing. I've mm. been focusing more on um, restoring my body and resting. Mm. And one of the things that I kind of made a point um the midwives encouraged me to, um, was to rest in the bed, you know, be around the bed and rest mm-hmm. and not really do anything for one week. And mm-hmm. I did that. Um, and it really helped me, you know, kind of regain the energy and, um, you know, ask other people to do things for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my, my son was having a little bit of a hard time. He does, he's not really jealous over the baby because we talked to him so much about what a gift she is to our family and how she's yeah. doing you know, um, be his playmate and everything. He's been very good. Um, but it was difficult, um, dealing with the guilt of, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm resting. So I'm not Mm. um, as available to play with him, you know, outside or anything. Um, that's been, I've gone through a small hump of depression, I think baby blues. Mm. Yeah. You know, because of, you know, my relationship with my first son, but in terms Mm. of the second baby, you know, um, whether because it's we're more relaxed or she just is mm. a, an easy baby, you know, it's been, it's been blissful really. Good. <laughs> yeah. Good. I love hearing that and mm. congratulations. And I think so many moms can 
resonate with that, with feeling a little bit of that mom guilt of not being able to give everything they had, you know, to their first baby or to their first couple babies. And now they have Mm -hmm. to give so much more attention to their newborn and to themselves physically, emotionally, and mentally. But I think in the long run, that's going to be so beneficial so that you can be there for him later. You know, while right now you might be a little bit, you know, more focused on your own healing and your newborn, but that later is going to pay off so much. And I think that that's a great message for moms to hear is to ask for help and don't <laughs> let yourself get weighed down by yeah. that guilt. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much, Christine. One oh, last thing before we, fi- before we finish our uh, call is yeah. if there is one thing that you could share with any mama who's listening right now, what would that be? Um, just like your, um, your YouTube channel name, like, you know, built to birth, I think mm. every woman really is, you know, built to birth and mm. we get so, um, I guess distracted and, you know, you know, all these things around the world, you know, it gives us self doubt, like, whether, mm. whether we could do it. And for me, even that was my first birth. I was like, I'm not sure if I could do that again, mm. but, um, the fact that, you know, we, we were able to grow this baby, you know, in our belly, you know, just shows that, you know, we can give birth to the baby, um, you know, the way they were made to. So I just want to encourage everyone and send good, um, positive birth waves to people that are, you know, waiting to meet their baby. Mm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Christine. Enjoy those newborn cuddles and snuggles. And I just hope the best for you. And thank you again for taking time out of kind of a a busy time, even though I know you said that it's been blissful. I'm sure that there's, you had to pull some strings in order to have both kids occupied. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) You know it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, I love it. Well, hopefully I'll hear from you soon. And it was good talking to you. All right. Thank you, Bridget. (laughs) Bye, Christine. Okay, bye. Well, Mama, wasn't Christine's birth story incredible? Every birth story is different, even for the same woman. So I hope you gained some insight on how to have that empowering and positive birth experience. Christine shared about how powerful her affirmations were to her in labor. And if you want to get your hands on empowering affirmation meditations to guide your mind and body in the direction that you want it to go toward a happier, healthier, and easier birth, I encourage you to check out the Built to Birth Affirmation Meditations in the show notes at builttobirth.com shop. It's an easy and super effective way of guiding yourself into a calmer and more positive labor and a great way to involve your partner in the birthing process. Christine also shared about the importance of trusting that you are built to birth. And if you are finding it hard to trust in that reality, mama, I encourage you to begin educating yourself with those truths through the Built to Birth online class, which you can access, access through my website, builttobirth.com. Birth begins in the brain, and in the Built to Birth online class, you learn how to build up your mind first, your body second, and your team third to help you have a happier, healthier, and easier birth. Mamas, thank you so much for being with me and Christine in this podcast, and I'll see you in the next one.